Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Studios, the Ausbiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, welcome to the COV from Ausbiz. I'm Gemma Acton, and today I'm not only joined by Scotty, my regular co-host, but also by Nadine Blaney. Yeah, hi. I was invited in last minute. You guys have wine. I thought I could not miss it. <laughs> Don't I feel privileged to be here with uh, you two this afternoon? Certainly hope so. Um, what a day it was. Uh, also feeling privileged is probably. The banks today, given that the government has rolled back the responsible lending laws. And today was a strong day for the market, but really a story of the banks. Yeah, so uh, I've got to say that I was quite surprised by the ruling. Uh, I don't think it's uh, credit supply, at least for, uh, for mortgages and, uh, and housing, was, uh, was that tight at the moment. Uh, in fact, a lot of lenders out there were talking about you know, uh, demand that was outstripping what was seen prior to the pandemic. Uh, in recent months. So it's a strange move in my book. Uh, and whilst things happen in cycles, um, this seems to have happened very quickly. And it kind of chides against what we saw with the other uh, Banking Royal Commission. A lot of the, uh, the fallout that we saw, a lot of the findings, the recommendations from that basically stemmed about uh, you know, what we've just gone and repealed the laws back to. So one to go and keep an eye on, as uh, Shane Oliver said to us in an interview late in the day today, uh, maybe something that's uh, you know, in a few years time when we start seeing some of those uh, side effects come through. Well, it was interesting on Twitter. The picture that was sort of trending was, if you guys remember, there was such a poignant picture of, uh, you know, Hain in the wake of the commission with all the paperwork sitting beside the treasurer and the look on his face. Well, that obviously got another uh, look in. Amazing the day today. Yeah. picture. Um, I also thought it was interesting. Now, correct me, you guys were across the markets more than I was. I felt a little bit left out today watching these markets going gangbusters. But it's interesting, and this is not necessarily drawing a line between the two, because, of course, lots of people have been saying that Westpac looks pretty good value. But it is worthy to note that Westpac gained the most on this day that we saw the repeal of those responsible lending obligations. When Westpac actually, if you recall, came under the most criticism for the you know for being very lax when it came to those lending standards in the first instance has a lot of investor loan book much bigger than the other majors as well so when it came in on and jimmy you're saying that a lot of the other smaller lenders non-bank lenders yeah, were having a whale of the day as well that's right i was watching um wiser for instance which is another loan provider but I, i'm not sure if that's um because they necessarily uh, stand to benefit so much or if it's just the the general feeling and optimism that maybe that's what was holding people back from borrowing a lack of access to credit but i'm inclined to agree with you that i don't actually think that has been the problem here i think confidence is uh is really what's underpinning the fact that people aren't borrowing more if, if your if your business uh outlook is very uh mixed if not gloomy i think the last thing you want to do is go and take on more debt because we've heard that the funding facilities have not been being taken up and and so yeah, you know, it's one that you can scratch your head over, um, but it's also happening on a week, of course, that we had Westpac, um, you know, being fined $1.3 billion in relation to the Austrac claims. We've also heard about money laundering allegations against big global banks, and that probably includes, you know, some of them 
you know, close to home. So it, it's just, it's sort of an interesting uh, juxtaposition of stories throughout the week. And um, yeah, also hearing that Austrack is going to be looking more at the non-bank lenders and, and scrutinizing them as well. So yeah, I guess for, for journalists, sadly, it means lots to chew over and lots of copy, but you've got to actually think about the people that are, you know, mm-hmm. on the receiving end of some of this bad behavior. And now, and now Scotty, I know that you were sort of talking today, you know, that it will be the the borrowers that get chastised as well by the by the commentary just saying, you know, well, you shouldn't have taken out the loan, should you? Yeah, I think it's unfair. And the, we still have a big issue in this country when it comes to financial literacy. It's like one of the reasons why I remember sitting down and we're having a chat about this role back in the day and I said one of the reasons I think it's really important to be in this position is to go and help with financial literacy, to go and improve it. Uh, and I just see that I can see what's going to go and happen. The profit mode is so strong. And uh, the people out there, you know, you'll start seeing bad behaviors creep in, then others will see others doing it, and it just happens, and that's what's going to happen. It's a cycle. It happens over and over again. So I just see what's going to be like down the line, and we'll go through this whole rigmarole again. We'll probably have another financial crisis. Then we'll go and have another Royal Commission, and then we'll go and implement the same changes. Then we'll be back here squared up. Know how many years in the future, but that's where I can see this cycle going. Well, I do have some, some sympathy for borrowers. I mean, if you if you've been an observer and you've looked into the housing market for a long time, the rational thing to do is borrow as much as you think you can manage, much as you can, to leverage yourself as much as you can, because the house prices have gone up in a pretty consistent line. And if you if you can uh, be a part of that on your maximum leverage and get the the priciest house that that someone will give you the money for, I can understand why people want to do that. Well, aren't central banks telling us to borrow? I mean, like, we've got record low interest rates. Why have them there as a method to stimulate the economy if they don't want... And I know it's not just people. I, don't, I, don't, I know that it's I not housing. I don't, I'm not sure they're, they're trying to go and convince everyone to go and buy an existing property. They certainly, <laughs> they certainly want to, know, investment into productive assets. That's what is the, the crucial thing here. Now, that's the question when it comes to this kind of policies. Are we just going to go and pile into more debt into uh, the housing market? Um, but if they really wanted to, to gear us towards productive assets, they wouldn't make it so uh, easy and obvious to invest in the housing market. Like it, it's set up in such a way that the, 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 the rational choice of people and the, the, the choice that people feel comfortable and familiar with is property. People understand what a house is, uh, you know, that kind and of asset. And property prices always go up, don't they, Gemma? <laughs> the tax, well, the tax system is... <laughs> Until they don't. One, thing, one thing we'll all agree upon, the tax system is certainly skewed to go and uh, get people to go and invest in property. So that's, uh, that's undeniable. One to go keep an eye on. You know, it should always be borrower beware. Uh, make sure you do your own research. Make sure that you're doing the right thing for yourself. But um, if you look at that, even data from the US in the overnight, um, you know, new home sales just going gangbusters there. Loans are cheap. Loans are cheap no matter really where you are in the world right now. Yeah, the K-shaped recovery is well and truly underway. Let's um, switch away from financials for a second and take a look at pharmaceuticals at Telix. Uh, is an interesting one. It's submitted a new drug application with the US Food and Drug Administration for a prostate cancer imaging project. That's actually our stock of the day. And we checked in with a couple of guests earlier to get their views. Let's have a listen to June Bailu from Tribeca Investment Partners and see what she thinks of Telix. And then one of the technology is to, the imaging product, which is um, you know often for a cancer patient to treat the cancer patient. Yeah. Um, we can't, you know, when you do a full body scan, you can't see properly where it is. So they inject this little um, uh, thing in there where it lights up, it glows, um, mm. you know, of all the cancer cell. So because of the T cell attached to the cancer cell, and um, you know they have a couple of technology. The imaging wise, the one really works, and they found that it works with many different sorts of cancers. And then so they started lodging applications 
legislation for all these different areas. Right. Um, and it seems that they already got commercial agreements before it even gets approved. So it does seem like it's really promising and it has a whole portfolio yeah. of different things that it's in the pipeline. Ah. Probably worth holding by some now because there's likely, if things indication is positive, they will raise some money. So you kind of need to be on the register to participate. Uh things when I do when I don't know too much about a stock there's a couple of things that I look at instantly before making some further decisions to go look at the business one is how much does the individuals or the insiders hold now the insiders or directors hold around about 22% and then above that uh, shares that are held by sort of 5% more of their owners is about 27% so it's quite a tight register right. so I think that's a good tick to start with the second thing I look at is their market cap and then I look at how many shares are on issue 235 million shares on issue that's good there's not a lot of paper floating around mm. and it does trade a fair bit sort of around about sort of a couple of million uh, a week as well so there's a little bit of liquidity in there as well uh, for me it's a hold but um, yeah it's, and it's something it. and watching it okay. so yeah. it does tick a lot of those metrics and that was Adam Dawes from Shoreham Partners so stock of the day uh, not making it into the Ausbiz portfolio given that they um, were both a hold now in terms of other news uh, this week it's been really hard to get away from US politics uh, given that we are just seven weeks out from the election and we had the very untimely death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg just a week ago. Uh, but also ticking away in the back of, of everyone's minds is what's happening with this US fiscal stimulus package. Um, certainly uh, long overdue in, in many people's view uh, for a country that uh, could very well have a lot of people struggling in an economy that could very well be derailed. Yes, this is my uh, view. So I'm not going to go and spend too much time. I'd rather get uh, your opinion on what, uh, what you think is going to go on. Dean, you're, you're over in the United States and uh, you've, uh, you've been in North America a lot longer than I have, so you'd have a, probably a better idea. But I just see the ingredients. We've got lots of people who are out of work. You know, tens of millions of Americans are out of work. We've already got racial riots. We've got societal riots. We've got uh, you know, people railing against the police. Uh, we have you know, the end of stimulus payments coming through. Uh, we have political polarisation. You can see those elements and they are so volatile and I just wonder where this mix is going to go and end up ahead of this election. It's, uh, it is quite scary to contemplate you know, uh, one of the great democracies of the world and uh, look what we're facing here in 2020. But what, what are your views as to, uh, as to what, what lies ahead? I don't really think I have any particular insights um, given I've been in Australia for such a long time now and I'm actually Canadian, Scotty, but we'll leave that I did one say, there. I did say North American, come on. <laughs> but that being said... Um, uh, you know, I obviously speak with a lot of people in Canada quite often, and because of the proximity to the U.S., you've got to think that that border bleeds media coverage. And I do know that when I'm speaking with people in Canada, I mean, it's like almost, um, you know, they can't get away from it the, there. And if you think the 24-hour news cycle is bad here, try being in North America, try being in the States and how much they're bombarded with this. Because the American presidency is not just a presidency in the way that we think of our prime ministers or you know that sort of a system it's almost like it's royalty presidency celebrity well even more so now than ever but it always was rolled into one and so the um the constant barrage that people are getting in the states when it comes to the extreme bipartisan nature of the news coverage there is just i mean i don't know clearly i don't know how people are thinking straight about any of this and you can just see you know, things becoming more and more and more and more polarized. I'm not giving any sort of an insight that, um, you know, many of our listeners wouldn't know, but I, I just have a really uneasy feeling coming up to this U.S. election. I don't think it's, I don't think it's 
going to end well, so to speak. Yeah, I was actually living in the US for both the 2008 and the 2012 elections, um, and it felt though as though the the divisiveness and the hyperpartisanship it was always there. It's always an underlying theme, but it really uh, ramped up mm. a couple of months before the election. But if we think of how long ago the Black Lives Matters protests begun, that was a long time ago to, uh, in the context of the year, to have uh, so much uh, passion and feeling mm -hmm. and animosity. That's, it's, it's a lot of adrenaline to run on um, for, for both sides for, for all this time. So I, I do worry as well about you know, the social fabric being in very torn. Um, still seven weeks out from the election. And again, just being here in Australia, and I'm not saying that it's a perfect system here in every way, or that there's not racism, or that there's not um, you know, divisions in society and inequality and everything else, but you cannot compare it to the states. I mean, it is just so divided. So anecdotally, I mean, it's, not, it's, it's a story. You know, we've got friends that live in a little town in Georgia, and they're white, and it's got a majority black population. I mean, never do the two meet. They live as if they're in a different planet from the black community in that small town. And they don't, it's not that they don't get along, they just don't, Cross over. they just don't exist to one another. Yeah. And so, I mean, you, 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 I, just, I just think it's very difficult for us to, to make sense of the reality that is the states. Seems your insights in North America are pretty good there. Well, you know. But uh, look, I, I'm, I'm concerned from the economic perspective and what the failure to go and pass a package or at least get some money to, uh, to the most vulnerable in society in the very, very near term could go and be the absolute you know, thing that kicks things off. And I do not want to go and see that, but it is a risk. And I, you see back, you know, people in Congress, you know, it's, they're fair enough, they go and pass their own package to go and they fund the government, make sure they get paid. But seriously, I think the priority needs to be to go to do everything in their power to go and prevent you no know, outright violence. You no. Know, think uh, about it. If you couldn't feed your family, if you actually couldn't feed your family, uh, what would you do? You've got very little of a social safety net. You've got very little in terms of welfare. Very little in terms of healthcare. I mean, gosh, I know what I'd do if I couldn't feed my children. Well, I'd, I'd do whatever I could yeah. to, to make it happen. Anyways, I guess we digress. Yeah, so a bit, 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 uh, bit gloomy on a Friday afternoon. But you, well, you let's talk about a rate cut then, because that's... Uh, <laughs> oh, that, more housing and rate cuts. <laughs> that, uh, that, according to NAB and Westpac, is on the cards for two weeks' time. Uh, but I'm just astonished to think that they think this will do much. I'm, I'm not really sure it'll do much apart from uh, give a very, very short-term sugar hit to people when they see that their mortgage is lower. But then uh, following that just be another whack at confidence because people think, hang on, are things really that bad? This is the best they've got to help us with? I think the decision today for the, uh, you know, it's going to take a while to come through, might go and play into the hands of the RBA. I think the RBA should go and do whatever it can go and do to go and support the economy. No one thinks that you know, 10, 15 basis points on a, on a mortgage is going to go and be the, uh, the saviour of society. But I think that to be able to go and at least go and help the borrowing costs for the federal and state governments, that's what the pr primary function of the RBA should be now. So to me, whether it happens on October 6th or it happens in November, I suspect that the board is going to go and decide to go and do something on those lines. But uh, don't expect it's going to be a game-changer event. It's going to be, well, here it is. We've got the conditions in place for you, the government, the fiscal side of things, to go and spend, support the recovery, and then hopefully you know, get to a, back on a better track. 
Hey Gemma, I'm curious what you make. We heard from Premier Investments today in the retail space. They've been a big beneficiary of uh, JobKeeper. Mm. We had that ruling against Qantas yesterday in terms of how the JobKeeper funds were used. Mm. Um, I'm curious to know if you think we're sort of at the tip of the iceberg when it comes to, well, um, maybe bad behavior around the stimulus package that was really rushed in. Yeah, I, I think uh, though. I think at the start, and I think the right thing to do actually was to rush stimulus in because people just needed to know that there was something underneath and to stop them from collapsing. It, it was really scary in the first few days for anybody whose life turned on its head immediately. Um, but certainly, there's been time since then to fine tune these programs, and I, I think there will be much more of a backlash when we we see. I think it's also quite tasteless to take home a you know a thumping great dividend or bonus at a time when there's there's such real suffering. I think Solomon Liu, and don't quote, I think he took home a $20 million dividend pair today. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. something, what do they call it? The pub test. I don't know if that passes the pub test. No. That's capitalism though. And I uh, know you're going to take it where you can get it. So I can understand why it's going. I don't think it's right, but I can see why, it's, uh, why they'll accept it. Yeah. Okay. I think that's also why we're seeing uh, capitalism come under greater and greater <laughs> question every single year. When you we get are taking extremes. things big well, here the, today. The, 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 <laughs> government, the government speaking. does have the opportunity to go and rewrite the other uh, tax laws to go and, you know, redistribute to, uh, to the more vulnerable in society. But uh, no, that's up to them. Not and to that's your call for job uh, seekers to be kept at its current rate, right? Well, before it gets paired back, I suppose, today. Yeah, I want to have it with conditions. I don't want to just pay debt in general because I know that uh, no, a lot of people in society, unfortunately, will just go and take advantage of a, a higher payment. And, uh, and choose not to work but uh, certainly I think that uh, we need to go and support the most vulnerable you know particularly here in Australia because we're going to be in a fairly reasonable fiscal position compared to other nations uh, and the stronger you can get the economy now you know, everything will take care of itself in the future if you get the economy right now uh, it means it will be a shallower downturn and they'll uh, be quicker to get back to where we were so you know that means that you know the, the tax cuts you know that uh, particularly the latter stage tax cuts uh, they've already been legislated, uh, delayed for a period of time. In my book, so be it. Well, on that note, we will um, leave everyone uh, today. Um, end of the week. Uh, next week's a busy one, the end of the month. So generally a lot of data followed up the following week with, of course, the budget and um, the will they or won't they rate cut. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> a good opportunity to uh, get some good rest over the weekend. <laughs> Look forward to it. Yes, I mean, everyone have a great weekend and we'll, uh, we'll see you on Monday. That was fun, guys. Do Thank it again you. next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.